Welcome to this week's episode of Eye of the Swarm, your in-depth look at anything and everything that has to do with Yellow Jacket Athletics with our engineer Elliot Sweary and the Big Sound Matt Johnson. I am John Garver and we are mid-October already, Matt, and uh, I'm not sure I'm ready for the crossover to start. Yeah, um, yeah. well, it's starting at the end of the week, so I guess... Whether we're ready for it or not, it's coming. Oh, it's it's here. I mean, they right. They're all in. All the winter sports are in practice now. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, track and field started doing some of their practice stuff back in September, but this week the basketballs and the hockey's are going, and you know, fall balls wrapping up for baseball is done. Softball's wrapping up after this weekend, so it's it's uh, yeah. It seems like the it's time, it's right around the corner. Yeah, the time has been passing pretty quickly. It seems like this fall, it's been insane. Yeah, it's been really. It's I, been crazy. I how think fast it's all because though of all the games we've had, probably at home. Maybe I don't know because you kind of put your head down and just kind of do it right. Like you go I, through the games and you and you broadcast them for your side of it. You you know make sure all the game day requirements are filled and all that kind of stuff. And then next thing you know, you look up and it's been like a month and a half. But that's all relative, Matt, because, yeah, we've had a lot of home soccer matches. Right. Like yeah. After yesterday's women's, ma- women's matches, we record this on a Wednesday, we've had 16 home soccer matches. Right, yeah, yeah. But aside from their tournament, we've had two volleyball games. Yeah. So it's all relative. I mean, it, right. yeah, yeah. it seems like a lot of games, but it's really not that much more. I, I think it, it seems like it because of... We're still getting over last year where there yeah, was where we did nothing. There was nothing at this time of year. Right. Yeah. You know, I was actually raking my yard right. for the first time ever. Right. In the fall. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is like, it's been kind of a weird fall season in the sense that like the weather has been so cooperative. Like right. usually we get a little like cold snap by this time. We really haven't had that yet. No. And I don't know if we're going to get it until maybe the UMAC tournament. Right. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Because that first week of November is coming up, you know, in a few weeks here. But But, baseball and softball got through their their fall schedules without any changes. Right. Yeah, which is... I don't think that's ever happened. And it's been... I keep going back to this when we talk about the weather, but the lack of wind has really been something. Like, yesterday for the... You know, as you talk about us recording this on a Wednesday, yesterday for the women's match against Northland for soccer... That flagpole was limp. Yeah, there was nothing. Like it was so limp, I couldn't even. There was nothing. I was on the far side of the field, or on the, on, I guess, the near side on the entrance. I was standing next to Greg Polkowski and um, some other people, and I was looking at the flag while we were the anthem was being played, and I couldn't tell if there was a flag up right. because it was like literally draped down so far, it almost made a complete line, like an even line with the flagpole itself. So it was really hard. It's been. Just kind of almost bizarre in a yeah. way to see like how cooperative the weather has been. Yeah, yeah, it's been spectacular. Yep. But we all know that that will change. It's inevitable in these parts. And, it is. You know, again, winter just around the corner with those those sports starting, and I, I think you know men's hockey has a scrimmage on Saturday uh, with Saint Scholastica. You know, the women have an exhibition game next week with Saint. Two exhibition games, I think, with Saint Scholastica next okay. week. So uh, yeah, winter sports are. Yeah, they're kicking right they're, up. They're here. Yeah, they're, they're here. here. We, we had media days for, for three of the four now and are, are trying to get women's hockey in the fold. But it, it's been it's been a rapid fall. The, the winter sports are here. And, you know, the winter sports are going to fly by just as fast as the, the fall sports have. Right. There's yeah. no doubt about I mean, that. yeah, once once we kick into it, it's going to be it's going to go quick. It's yeah. Gonna, you know, it always is. The pace picks up. It doesn't go down until the end of spring, really. So And, the, and yeah. the, honestly, the nice part is, too, coming off of last year is we've been relatively unscathed with – with with COVID cancellations, yeah, we haven't had any, the, you know, the, yet. 
Well, I mean, the small women's soccer had the one. Yeah, but it wasn't but on that. Our was, end. That wasn't as yeah, a result was, of what happened here. So right, yeah, that wasn't our protocols. It was right their protocols. So yeah, we've been like our athletes have been good. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't had really on our end of things any kind of COVID issues. So that's good. Yeah, knock on wood, they were able to keep it that way. So, right. Yeah, yeah it's been exactly. uh, it's been a good stretch for us, and uh, you know, good stretch for women's soccer. Yeah, women's soccer let's, is let's really talk playing about well that right a little now. bit. They're playing really well. Um, and yesterday against Northland, a three nothing win should have been about ten to nothing. Yeah, with the I mean, the, it was the incredible. goalkeeper I, from Northland played spectacularly, and I, I think we hit five posts in the first half. It was. It was uh, not with low. Yeah, she played a really, really good match. Yeah, and it's not often that you cite the other team's keeper right for playing real well. But she, I, I think it's the only reason why I was th- only three nothing is because of her. Yeah, and like I said, five or six posts. Yeah, that they hit yesterday. Yeah. I mean, and some of them were square hits. Some of yep. them the rebounds. I mean, there was a little bit of luck involved as well. But you know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, and that's what happened. But she was really good also. Yeah, so that was absolutely. a little bit of both. Um, but yeah, overall women's soccer now after last week, nine and three overall, seven and zero in the UMAC. They keep rolling right along, like you said, playing really well right now. They've won seven straight, including a pair of three nothing victories this past week. Defeated at Northwestern three nothing at Reynolds Field in St. Paul on Friday, and then had a three nothing win against Northland yesterday in the game we just referenced at NBC Spartan Sports Complex here in Superior. They also had a game in between against North Central that was originally scheduled to be played for Saturday at Elliott Park in Minneapolis. Postponed due to COVID nineteen protocols, that game will now be played on Monday, October twenty fifth. So, mark that on your calendar as a, as a schedule change. But uh, against Northwestern, Yellow Jackets got a goal and assist from Nia Wilson. She now has fourteen of those for the year, as far as goals. Along with a goal from Anna Schusman, the Yellow Jackets' uh, third goal actually came on an own goal by Northwestern in the first half. Wilson's goal came at seventy twenty eight, while Schusman's tally came at fifty two twenty nine. Um, and Jenna Lang picked up the. Uh, the shutout and goal. The own goal, by the way, came at 15-17, in case you were wondering. Jenna Lang uh, picked up the uh, shutout and goal for the Yellow Jackets. She made 10 saves and was named UMAC Defensive Player of the Week for the second time this season, joining the honor that she uh, collected on September 27th. Six of those saves in the second half, too. She played really well. Yeah, yeah. She played really well, and uh, Northwestern's a tough team to play against because they're very physical. So they tend to kind of beat you up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, she played really well, and, and the ladies played very well, as they usually do, at least for this season. Uh, then against Northland yesterday, Yellow Jackets got goals from Anna Schusman at 50-01, Lindry Schendel at 60-33, and Kenzie Olderking at 88-16. UWS finished the game with 36 total shots, and a lot of them were on frame. Like they're yeah. Most, yeah, most of them were on frame. Uh, Morgan Philiber, meanwhile, um, came in and picked up the uh, shutout in goal. She made two stops for the Yellow Jackets. She wasn't so. nearly as busy. No. That's the other end. It was, it was a dominating performance. It, it really was. was. Shots were 36-6. to six. Yep. Um, and I did not see what the shots on tap. 14-2. 14-2. And that doesn't count the ones that hit the post. Correct. So you're talking almost 20 shots were on frame yep. or close to the frame anyway. So, uh, yeah, so women's soccer moving right along at 9-3, and 7-0 in the UMAC. Men's soccer, 7-6 and six now overall, 7-1 and one in the UMAC. They won two games last week. They defeated Northwestern 3-2 in double overtime on Friday at Reynolds Field in St. Paul before shutting out North Central 8-0 on Saturday at Elliott Park in Minneapolis. Against the Eagles, the North, uh, the Yellow Jackets rallied from a 2-0 deficit about 40 minutes in the game to score three straight goals and claim the win. Protoss Babia scored two goals for the Yellow Jackets, including the game winner at 103-43. So that was in double overtime. Um, his first goal came from penalty spot at 71-37. While Alex Hansen, congratulations to him, scored his first of three goals on the weekend, by the way, at 42-26. Got the assist from his brother Blake. That's cool. 
Yeah, so that, that was, was really neat. cool. Yeah, that was very cool. Nice finish as well. I watched that game, and uh, he had a very nice finish. Alex Paredes had five saves in the win for the Yellow Jackets against North Central. The Jackets got two goals each from Hansen, Alex Hansen, and Blake Perry, along with additional tallies from Josh Bellamy, Philip Erickson, Mackie Ringrose, and Zach Tmeyer. Paredes and Peyton Anderson split time and goal for the Yellow Jackets in that contest. Bobby, by the way, was named UMAC Offensive Player for the week as a result of his performances last uh, week of action. So congratulations to Protus on that one. Absolutely. Volleyball, 7-13 and 13 overall, 5-3 and three in the UMAC. They've won two of three matches last week. They fell to number 16 Northwestern, three straight sets, 18-25, 22-25, 11-25 on Friday before sweeping North Central and three straight. 25-12, 25-14, and 25-15. Both those matches were at the Mertz over the weekend. Um, then yesterday they hit the road and went to Kendrigan Center in Ashton to take on Northland College for the third time this year and defeated the Lumberjills in four sets, 25-15, 18-25, 26-24, and 25-13. Against Northwestern, UWS was paced by Alexi Preed. She had eight kills while Megan Holes dished out 12 assists. Jenna Anderson had 13 digs while Cassie Teff finished with 12 more against North Central. The Yellow Jackets were led by Preed again with 10 kills. Megan Holes had 18 assists. Cassie Tuff added 11 more assists for the Yellow Jackets. Jenna Anderson and Haley Atwood each finished with 11 digs. And then against Northland yesterday, Yellow Jackets had four players finish in double figures in kills, led by Cassie Tuff, who had her third triple-double of the fall season. Fourth. Was it fourth? That's Is it her fourth, fourth one? Okay, fourth one. My mistake. 15 kills, 15 assists, and 13 digs. In that one, Kalen Plouts, meanwhile, had 13 kills while Mayanna Stark finished with 11 kills and 10 digs. Preed finished with 10 kills and 18 digs. Megan Holes finished with 31 assists and 10 digs, so a bunch of double-doubles in there as well. Jenna Anderson led the way defensively with 33 digs while Haley Atwood had 11 more digs for the Yellow Jackets in that win against the Lumberjills. And last but not least, men's and women's golf. Both teams completed their respective seasons at the UMAC Championships at Pebble Creek Golf Club in Becker, Minnesota last weekend. The men finished third in the team standings with a score of 941 over the three-day event. UWS was led by Cody Stanish, who finished the tournament with an individual individual score of 230 to place fourth in the individual standings. The women also finished third, by the way, in the women's tournament with a score of 1171. They were led by Allie Busick, who finished in a tie for fifth place in the individual standings with a score of 269 on the men's side. Cody Stanish and Taylor Berger were both named first-team all-conference, while Sam Albrecht was named honorable mention all-conference and was UWS's representative on the UMAC sportsmanship team. On the women's side, Allie Busick was named first-team all-conference, while Bryce Burris was named honorable mention all-conference. Kenzie Tura was UWS's representative on the UMAC sportsmanship team. And so the two golf teams now are done for the fall campaign of 2021. Yeah, they'll be off now until well, probably spring break Yep, when they take a trip to someplace warmer and and get some some matches in before the spring season, but I, I know they're the guys. I talked to Sam yesterday uh, at the the soccer match. He was he's one of my employees, so he was working. Right, and, and he just said they're really disappointed in how they they performed this past yeah, they, weekend they because they were happy. looking for their fourth straight yeah, conference championship. And uh, Bethany played very very well yep. to to win it on the men's side. And he just said they were disappointed because they they know they left a lot of shots out on the course. And that's a tough way to end the season. Yeah, whenever that happens. Yeah, it is. You know, it feels like I mean they want to make that four straight trip to the NCAA meet, but not to be this year. Not going to happen this year. Yeah. So, but you know, you can use it as a springboard, and hopefully they, uh, you know, they'll use it as an opportunity to get better and then uh, go back again next year. You know, there are two relatively young rosters too, so oh, yeah. I think that's yeah. part of it too. Is you had a lot of youth there, a lot of inexperience there. So, right. you know, third place finish. Okay, let's let's build on it. Let's see where it goes. Yep. Sounds yep. Sounds like that's uh, what Coach Paul Eberhardt and the both the men and the ladies teams will be doing here uh when they start the spring yeah so 
that was the week that was. The week that was. We'll take a time out and we'll uh, come back and have a conversations about many, many, many weeks that were <laughs> with our, our guest, the, the longtime sports writer, sports editor from the Superior Telegram, Ken Olson, is going to step in and join us. And we'll uh, pick his brain a little bit about Yellow Jacket history and a lot of that fun stuff that uh, I, I love talking about and I love researching and all that. So he's like a, a human encyclopedia when it comes to history of sports in this community. Looking forward to having Kenny. That'll be in our next segment right after this break. You're listening to Eye of the Swarm. Can I borrow the sports page? Are we sure we're ready for this expansion? Of course we're ready for it. It's a great idea. Let's celebrate with a vacation. I'm thinking <laughs> Hawaii. We're ready for you. Is it okay if my friend comes with? Of course. Imagination's always welcome here. Bring us your best ideas. Let's see how we can help. National Bank of Commerce. Imagination's welcome. We're back on Eye of the Swarm, and we are privileged to be joined by longtime Superior Telegram sports writer, sports editor, um, pretty much any hat you could wear over there, Ken Olson. And how long were you at the Telegram, Kenny? At the Telegram overall, 41 years. 41 years, retired in 2019. Yep. And uh, it was a year and a half. It's been a year and a half already. Man, and it was. It was quiet because all of a sudden it was just like, well, Kenny's not doing that anymore. Yeah, it it was it was actually kept kind of kept quiet. Uh, the pandemic hit. They started making cuts. They were getting rid of all kinds of people and advertising all through the through the whole plant. And then uh, the newsroom was hanging on for quite a while. And then all of a sudden they we had a big meeting and we all knew it was coming. They said they wanted to eliminate three positions in the newsroom. And uh, they said what the package was and all this and all that. And I asked a couple more questions. And I was number one on the seniority list, so I was in no danger of losing my job. And then uh, they, that they were offering the $600 un, uh, unemployment extra every month and all that. And I talked to the wife, talked to my kids, and I went back and forth. for. I had like less than 24, 20 hours. The next day I had to make my decision, and uh, it was excruciating. It was terrible. I, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I was only 59. I still have to work till, you know, I suppose 65 or whatever. Right. And I and my kids talked me into doing it. It was uh, newspaper business changed a lot. Um, I was the only one in the sports department for the Telegram. Plus, then they had me working two nights a week for the Tribune. And uh, it wasn't as... I guess as fun as it used to be, and they said if you're not happy, give it up. And I, and the funny thing is, I had till five o'clock to let them know. It's it's like ten to five. I called up the uh, HR person. I asked a couple more questions. I go, I'll call you back. It's like one minute to five. <laughs> I called up and I changed my mind. I hung up the phone, and at like five o three, she called me back. And I said, yeah, I'll take the offer. That was, Other, your, that was the sign. If she wouldn't have called me back, I probably would still be there. Wow. But wow. she called me back at 5.03 because she must have been on the phone and seen I called. So she called back, and then I go, yeah, I guess I'll take it. 
And then for like three days, I said, what did I just do? What did I just do? What did I just do? <laughs> and as it turned out, I wasn't eligible for unemployment. Cause oh, no. they, they took my pay and they kind of stretched it out. That was in May and it went all the way to through December with the pay I was getting because my vacation build up and all oh, that. Right. So I'm going, oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my wife was laid off, Barker's Island closed right. up at the time. So she was getting that extra money, but she was still working all the time too. But so for, after I got, I was officially unemployed for about a month and then I was already looking for something else. Sure. And got on as a school bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> so my uh, my retirement lasted for one month. Well, it's a, <laughs> we'll just call it a significant career change. It, it is. Oh, that's it was, yeah, that's the best way to put it. Right? So I mean, yeah, I didn't post anything on you know, Facebook. I waited, a, I think I waited like maybe a month and a half or two months. I don't know if I was embarrassed or you know, what am I giving up a good job for and all that. Right. Or, but then I posted something. I tell you, Garbage, you said some of the nicest things on it. Your post was one was really heartfelt. Well, it, it, and it touching. was it was it was sincere, Kenny. Yeah, and, you know because I it, this is kind of I'm glad he answered all this this way because it leads to it, for like for me, he, he was the the one conduit to the local media here, right, you know, yeah. from Superior, and all of a sudden he's gone. So we we lose that conduit that we had, but in. For me personally, it's like I just I can't even imagine Superior Sports without Kenny Olson covering it. Right. It yeah. was you know forty one years. Whether uh, you know he started as a paper boy for all we know, but I mean it's uh, forty one years that it just seems strange to have Superior Sporting events without you in a press box somewhere. It was uh, twenty three years in sports. I think I might have covered your last year playing. You covered my whole career. All four years. Yeah. Yeah, you okay. had all four years of me playing. Early on, I didn't. I wasn't the main hockey guy. Mm-hmm. John Davy would cover hockey. Yep. I would take pictures. Right. So I would be in the. I used to go right in the penalty box yep. next to the bench because there was no glass. There was no glass then. Okay. I'd take all the pictures then, and then I think the first time I covered a game was when we hosted the Frozen Four, and I took pictures, and then we sent them out. I think it was Salem was here, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Oh, that was the year before I got here. That was the year before you got yep. here when they hosted the tournament. Yep. Okay, so yeah, and then uh, and then I covered the second game that wasn't involving UWS. UWS lost to River Falls, I think, in the championship in the championship. Game. Yeah, it was River Falls and Fredonia in the second game. Yeah, yeah. which was when the championship game was a experience too, because I think they had the outdoor show starting. Yep, in a couple of days, so he shut off the. Oh, he boy. turned the compressor. Eddie, Eddie Nolder turned off the ice compressors <laughs> and the ice. Got very soft oh, yeah. during the championship game because he had the the fishing game show coming in and he wanted to get that ice out as quickly as yeah. possible. Talk about putting pressure so, on the rink manager! Um, Holy smokes! You know, well, I, so. th- I think they opened the doors. Maybe. Well, he he had the front doors open. Yeah, but he had the ice, you know, the the compressor turned off, so that doesn't take long for that temperature to start going up. Well, no, especially and the warmer is, it gets, the softer it gets. Well, West Bend is a relatively warm arena anyway. Like, right. It's a warm building. Oh, yeah. yeah, as yeah. far as they go. So yeah, he. You know, you talk to the guys on that team, and they will say that that definitely affected the way that they played that game. I, I after the game was done, I went on the ice for pictures and all that stuff, and uh, it was it was rough. There was you know at least one inch of mounds or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, or nicks in there or whatever. It was, it was terrible. It was really bad. Yeah, and you know it was the the first time we we hosted the event, and 
after that, we didn't turn compressors off yeah. anymore before the, <laughs> the whole thing was done. Well, that's wild to have like the you know the show coming up right after literally the Frozen Four. But which, at that time, sites weren't predetermined. Oh, I suppose you okay. know you you played your your NCAA quarterfinals the uh, the on the Friday Saturday. And on Sunday, they would make the decision on where the Final Four was going to be. Oh, okay. So you didn't know until Sunday. And you book your dry floor months in oh, advance. right, right. Yeah, yeah. So he, he had the, the Fish and Game Show booked before right. yeah. the, the Final Four came to town. And I'm willing to bet that there probably wasn't a lot of communication between the university and the arena at that time. Right, That yeah. Oh, by the way, we're putting in a bid to host this. <laughs> so this could be coming. <clears throat> was that the... The final was the Frozen Four that year. What year was it? Was that 94? That was 94. 94. I started in sports of July of 93. Okay. So that was like my first That was your big first event, year. Big event. And then I think I actually went to the state basketball tournament that year too with the Spartan girls, Superior girls. So right away getting and throw it into the fire right. for big time. That's a heck of a way to start though, Kenny. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, if you're going to dip your foot into the sports pond, they might as well go all the way in, you know, and that's basically what happened on those two. I mean, that's that's, I a, that's a heck of a debut. It is. I, I took a lot of pretty cool pictures too. I know Steve Nelson had. Uh, we did a full page thing, and he had it in his frame. Or maybe do you have one of those too? I do. Those special sections we used to do and all that. And mm-hmm. That was all us, you know. And uh, but it was just so exciting covering UWS hockey back then. Right. Every game was a nail biter. Yeah. You know, um, when the place was packed. Place place was packed. Uh, well, in that postseason in particular, because you had the um, the the Friday night in the the quarter, or the NCHA would be semifinals because it was all series back then. They weren't single games, and it was right. the mini game thing. So you had the, in the semifinals that year the loss to Bemidji. They got shut out on Friday, and then came back and won. You know, a, a high scoring game on Saturday. Then you had the mini game. That my old roommate Dustin Falls scored the winner in in overtime of the mini game to advance to the final where they played River Falls. Then you had the the NCAA quarters. Then you had the Final Four where they played River Falls again. I want to say for like the seventh or eighth yeah. time that season. Wow, where they played them. That was a heck of a postseason to be you know your baptism, I guess, so to speak. That game with Bemidji State was that the last time they ever played them? No. Cause I can remember. The last time we played Bemidji State was my junior year. Your junior year? Yes. And Beaver no, Bob- I, I take that back. It was the year after I graduated. Beaver Bob was still there? Yep. He was I, still the head coach. And we beat, you know, UWS beat him. Mm-hmm. And there was a big party down at the locker room. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think my mom got Nelly up on the bar dancing, up on the <laughs> table dancing and stuff. And that would have been a sight to see. That it was. was. That was wow. It was a sight to behold. That was crazy one. Yes, but it, that was and those games at Bemidji were just incredible. And I, you know, when you talk to Coach, he'll he'll say, you know, the, you you had some good games with Point. You had championship game against River Falls. There's yeah. obviously the the rivalry later on with Saint Norbert, but nothing compared to Bemidji. How about Mankato? I, I interviewed the coach down there once. I called him up for uh, preview type for mm-hmm. the series and stuff and he was very good i can't remember his name don bros yeah don bros he was there forever yep he was that the last time he played mankato was my sophomore year yeah we went down there they just opened their brand new building which they're still playing in now but in 1995 it was brand new okay and uh obviously bigger than anything we were playing in because they were making that move right to, to division one the next year and we ended up splitting with them down there my roommate dustin fall punctured his lung and spent some time in the hospital oh man <laughs> 
<laughs> during that series. He'll, he'll still talk about it watching his pretty pass and, you know, <laughs> got drilled at center ice and, and popped his lungs. So, yeah. Um, Yipes. Yeah. Not the, not that's the a, most, that's a tough not the most fun he ever had no, in hockey. I, I bet not. You know, but, you know, it, it's you, you've seen a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you've seen a lot. And it, 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 if there's a, I guess, a superior sports encyclopedia, you're, you're probably the guy. I I got a lot of information at home, and I I've been going through a lot of it, and I just gave some to the historical society, and yeah, I, I got I do have a lot of stuff, and my wife wants to get rid of it, so <laughs> I do have a bunch of stuff for you too. You know what I found the other day? I found a bag of buttons, in there I had a button from 1974. I ate a Lollapalooza <laughs> at Bridgman's, nice. Bridgman's, and I wrote on her 1974. But in that same bag was. Uh, 1983 UWS Homecoming. No kidding. Yeah, and I got that. I'll give it to you. I've got a few of the some of the homecoming buttons uh, and everything that come on. They're playing football. They're playing River Falls. Okay. So yeah, so I found that. I found a 1978 uh, Spartan Homecoming. Now they're playing Menominee, I think, or something like that. But so I got all kinds of stuff. I and I've saved everything. Right. And uh, I do have a really good picture. I want to give you too. If I didn't give it to you already. Lenny Ramponi yep. from St. Norbert. Yep. I think he flipped Colin Kendall upside down. I ran that picture in the paper. Yep. I got that glossy still, too. <laughs> so you maybe you can forward it to Kendall or something. Or... I think I've seen that photo. It, yeah, yeah, I, I, I remember I it. I, I remember it pretty clearly. And it's, uh, you know, he was like public enemy number one. Oh, yeah, Lenny well, Ramponi was. Uh, Munson hated him. Yeah, John he did. Munson did. Yeah, he, he absolutely. <laughs> he, he, and he's not shy about it. He still no, brings it up sometimes. Right? You know, he was because that name Ramponi. Yeah, I remember that name coming. Yeah, up. he was yeah. he was public enemy number one when we played St. Norbert, and there there's still you still have fans that bring up, you know, Lenny Ramponi when we get St. Norbert on the schedule, which we haven't had for four years now. But right, we yeah, uh, yeah he was public enemy number one for years and years and years. Just for like scenes like upending Colin Kendall that way, right? Like that was. He was he was head over his his head was on the ground and his skates are straight up in there. It's a really good picture. <laughs> Perfect I also, timing. Yeah. I also took the picture too of uh, um, Vince Thomas slamming the ball. The slam dunk. It. Yeah, yeah. I took that. Kaminsky loved that. I think yeah. they put that on the on their schedule. The magnet. And all it that was stuff. on the magnet schedule. It was. On, I've also seen that photo. Yeah, yeah. yeah like it was. Yeah, that's that a was, it's a great photo. Mine. Kaminsky loved that picture. It was in their locker room for a long, long time. That was back when I you know he took. I had you had a roll of film, thirty four pictures. You had to develop the film. That's how I go back to the office. I'd start developing film, and then I'd start writing my story, and then I'd go back, and then you have to see if you had got something. Right. It's not like now where Jed can take a Jed Carlson telegram. Right. Would take a hundred pictures, and then go, oh, I don't want that. You're taking hundred pictures in about five minutes. Oh yeah, exactly. You know, you'll take thousands it's during like a, a game movie, and movie thing. You know? Well, yeah. that's that was kind of the beauty and also kind of the curse of it all, because when I started, because I started as a sports writer, and I think you guys both know that. Um, and I did the same thing Kenny had to do. You take the film out. You don't know if you have anything, first of all. Right. You're hoping that you have something. Right, exactly. Yeah. And you have to wait until it's developed to know for sure if you have anything. And you're always like, oh, okay. Because you'd write your story while that was developing, and then you'd run up, you take it out, you look at it, and you go, okay, let's see. Oh, I didn't get one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thankfully for me, I took enough photos that that didn't happen. Like I usually would take probably about 200 maybe, 150 to 200 on a game. Um, sometimes it was tough oh. just depending on what the game was like. That's a lot to develop. I would do one roll. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe two rolls if I if it was a big game. Well, and then I was at the start. And then as I got better at it, then I was just like, okay. 
You know. It would depend on if it's like a regular league game. I would take pictures for the first half of the basketball game or something, and then right. concentrate on the story and stuff. But and people nowadays don't realize that we had to actually develop that stuff. Right. Like yeah. back in the old days, you, you didn't have there wasn't this digital thing where you could look through your your you know your bunch of photos and say, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good. One. You had to wait until you actually got back to the paper and developed it to know what you had for sure. Right. And you, then you, you technically you really don't even know if you got a good picture. It might be blurry. Right, yeah. You have exactly. to kind of put it into the computer and develop, you know, then you could see it. And yeah, you like use it, too. <laughs> the old Adobe Photoshop, and then you just would kind of tinker with it, and hopefully you'd have something that you could sharpen or whatever. Yeah. You know, and if there were any faults, you know, like any, hopefully you, you didn't have any scratches in the negatives. That was the other thing. Like, you were hoping that you didn't, like, mess up anything as you, like, were developing it. You know, right. Just little things like that, you know. And, and now we post a library of photos at halftime of a soccer game. Yeah, right. You know, because you yeah, can, you turn, do that you can turn it around. Like, that never happened. Yeah, it's, it's just one of, of so many changes. You yeah. know, if you think back to when you started, Kenny, I mean, it, you go locally. You know, Telegram came out six days a week. Six days a week in yeah. the afternoon. Yep, it was the evening yeah. Telegram. You evening know, Telegram, and then we went to uh, Saturday mornings. So it was called the Superior Telegram, and then I. Th- then eventually the daily telegram or daily evening, evening to da- daily daily, and because it started coming out in the morning then, but it was still six six days. Yeah, and then it dropped down to three. Uh, we went right down to two. Okay. Yeah, from six to two, and we had the choice. He actually said, "Yeah, whatever days you want to publish," and so obviously you want Saturday morning. They wanted Saturday morning because. Uh, Get everything Friday night football games. High school were the big yep. thing, and then uh, and then the ads, and then the ads, the coupons, and everything. That uh, and that that was kind of the beginning when we were battling the Tribune. We had we had we had a pretty good head to head with the Tribune for many years. Um, but then yeah, so well we'll get back to that later. But then yeah, so then we they, I think they wanted us Wednesday and Wednesday. Saturday, and then I think we switched to Tuesday. Right. Because, you know, Packer stuff would get, yep. at least you're waiting only one day, or if they play Monday night, you could get it in there and stuff. But So we went Tuesday, Saturdays, and then eventually just one day a week and comes in the mail on Fridays now, I think. Yeah. yeah. Now, that, that affected a lot. Oh, yeah. Because the biggest thing it affected was the obituaries, sem- uh, funerals, because people would look in the paper and see that. when the funerals yeah. were. And find out it was yesterday. Yeah, exactly. So that's why there's a lot of uh, people waiting for the Friday paper or Saturday paper, and then there was a lot of funerals on Mondays. And well, and that's where know. they had to probably also go the online version because mm-hmm. an online yeah. version you can go a little bit more consistently and on time, right? Instead of just printing once a week or two days a week, you know, regardless of the situation. Online, you can do it. You can update regularly, so mm-hmm. you can just right. put it in there. So. But for like people who do read the old bits, you know, the older generation, it's like, oh, it's internet. You know, I, I don't know, how do I do this? Like, right. I have to go to this www.spiritelegram.com or whatever, and then try to look for it or telegram.com, and then, oh god, now I got to try to find old bits on here. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just another example of like how the technology has changed so much. Right. Like, you know, because online was like when I started out sports writing in two thousand two, two thousand one, two thousand two, and actually, it, yeah, it was. February of 2001, and I was at the Daily Press until the, I want to say 2007, 2008, something like that. 
it changed even while I was there. Like, because when I started out, and Kenny, you, you can back this up too, there was no online. Like, everything oh, no. that you did, you still had hard, everything was hard copy. Right. You didn't have to go to your website. Then all of a sudden, this whole thing with the internet, you know, the interweb <laughs> started up. And then you had to kind of like play both for a while. And then the print side of it started to die. Because in Ashland, we actually, like, our press, when I first was there, was running 20, like, pretty much. I don't want to say 24-7, but it was running probably five or six days a week because we had a bunch of, like, small, also, like, weeklies that would come in from different places like Washburn and Mellon and, you know, some other places as well. Um, but then as time wore on, especially getting into about 2002, 2003, all that stuff started to go away. Like, we started to, like, consolidate a little bit more. And even, like, last week I saw that, the News Tribune now shut down their printing plant, which was up near the airport. That's a really nice printing plant, by the way. I've been <laughs> up there and I've seen that one. That one was really nice, and I had a state-of-the-art like press in there, and they had two of them. They had the big one downstairs, and they had a, a smaller one, but was really nice. They were both really nice upstairs. But then they closed that down, and so it just really shows you, again, how the entire industry, especially the newspaper industry, has almost completely changed now Yeah. in terms of its delivery, you know. I mean, you still have your writers and you still have, you know, your sections and all kinds of, but there's so many now, especially smaller dailies now that are gone to weeklies. It's, it's, it's been kind of a revolutionary <laughs> time, but it's also been tough. I know in the industry too. So one of the first stories I posted that we started posting was when, uh, Elmira, <laughs> what year was that? 99. 99. Yep. And. So I was there. I was with my family. I think everybody in town was there because I hear that tribu- game gets brought up all the time. I was there. The Duluth there Tribune was there. There were 30,000 people at that game. The Tribune wasn't there. <laughs> no. Duluth wasn't there. But I was with my wife, and we took our kids. And I'm going, holy cow. <laughs> Running around the stands was one of the Hanson brothers. Yep. Because his kid his was His kid on played for Elmira. Elmira. Yep. So we're watching it, and all of a sudden, all heck breaks loose. So I ran down by the... Locker room that was closest to the bleachers. Yep, that was the visitors' locker. And room. that's where everything was that's happening. Where everything so was I, happening. I jump up on one of the chairs, and I was off duty then. But I jumped up on the chairs. Who's right next to me? And it was one of the Hansons, and he had the whole outfit on—the chief's jacket, the hat, the hair—because they were promoting their number two movie coming out, Slap okay. Shot Two. And so I'm right next to him, and I'm just thinking, is he going to get into it? Is he going to join the fray and all that? And he didn't. Yeah, you know, but he just stood there. And I don't know if we knew at the time that his kid was on that team or no, something. No, we, we did because we, we obviously saw him. Right. We saw him at the, the Friday night game. So and then. it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so all that happened, the, the big brawl and the cops and all that stuff come, happened. And I wrote a column or I wrote my game on it and I just said something like unfortunate thing happened, blah, blah, you know, whatever. And I got cute. And the jacket jottings, which I started, a yep. little thing. And I go, how ironic is it that a brawl breaks out and there's a handsome brother in the audience? That's pretty good. <laughs> Posted online, he saw it. He was living in Kenosha or someplace Something down, like that, yeah. And he called me up. And I don't know if he was that, what he was really upset about, but then he got into the whole thing about how starting to wear masks started getting the sticks up and all that stuff. And if you only wore the helmet, you didn't have the mask, there would be less fights and all this stuff. And he just kept going on and on and on. And I'm going, you know, and, and I think he, he was mad that I 
tied him in with it, but that wasn't didn't happen because of me. I go, well, you got these movies out there. That's all there is is fighting in them. I just said how ironic it was. I thought it was kind of funny. Right, right. I didn't have to go online, and I took it out. He uh, <laughs> he, he wrote a very pointed letter to Dr. Julius Erlenbach, the chancellor, as well, about that event and how poorly the university handled things and and all of that too. So I know he was he was very vocal yeah. about that. And the crazy thing is is we had to that was Steve Nelson's last year as head coach. Stobs took over the following year and I was an assistant with Dan that next season and we had to go out there. Because we had, yeah, to re- well, we had to re- they I came out here that, for yeah. two, because yeah. at the time their head coach and Coach Nelson were friends. You know, Coach Nelson played at St. Lawrence. Their coach played at Clarkson. They had the college rivalry. They were friends, so that's how they worked out. You yeah. come out to us for two, and then the next year we'll go out there for two. So the next year we go out, and holy moly, they didn't let you in town, did they? They, they <laughs> we we got there and we had a a meeting on campus. They called the coaching staff in to meet with their their president, and we got the whole spiel about you're not you should not go downtown, you don't come on our campus, you don't go to the mall, you you know basically you you ruffians need to stay at your hotel until the game and then immediately go back to your hotel. You you do nothing, and okay, and our hotel they were very smart. They put us in a hotel that didn't wasn't close to anything except for the one restaurant that was next door to it. And we had a police escort. Yeah, I heard about when that. When we got to yeah. the when we got to their rink, they escorted our players one at a time into the building and we weren't allowed out of our locker room. Wow. After the game they were escorted one at a time out of the building. And we went out there and and won twice. But I it, that that was the year that we won thirty games. And I I think that trip is what really galvanized that team because they were sort of sequestered and you were, you know, you're, this is our hotel. This is the only place we're really able to go without a bus because we're not really close to anything. And it really galvanized that team and did the whole, you know, us versus everybody kind of thing. And it was funny because one of the cops who was stationed outside our locker room, he's just like, I don't even, it was a New York state trooper. He goes, I don't even know why I'm here. (laughs) What is this all about? You know, <laughs> yeah. What, what is this all about? Because you, yeah. you're not doing anything, but they tell me I have to be here. So I, I think they felt like, you know, this group was coming out here. And, you know, we were talking before about Mike Tyson and his rant about wanting to right. eat Evander Holyfield's like kids. Horde. And I, I think that's yeah. what they thought we were. We were just going to start killing people. Yeah. They thought you were going like, you know, and they're like, no, you're really, you guys are fine. Like the Mongol horde coming for their children. Yeah. Something something like like that. (laughs) It was, it was really strange, but that, that event, I mean, it, it had far reaching consequences. I mean, even in, in 06, when Elmira hosted the final four, we were hosting the next year. We went out there to, okay, let's, let's take a look at what they're doing. Let's meet with the committee and all of that. And there were still people at that time who were like, oh yeah, superior. You're you're the, you're, you're, those you're those guys. Yeah. Like, what? I remember the first time we hosted the women's final four in 2013, and Elmira's coach, they wanted here that year, was on that team, and he came in for practice, and he just goes, "I never thought I was going to be back in this building." <laughs> <laughs> I do remember it being brought up when Elmira came for the women's final four. In yeah. 2013. I do remember that. I mean, and- it, it ended up on ESPN. 
That was the you part know, of it. I, that re- was... I remember Chris Long, who was at Channel 3 at the time. He's at KSTP in the Twin Cities now. He comes up to the press box because back then we had programs with players' pictures in them. And he's like, the cops want a program. I, give me a program. Because oh, they're trying to figure out what player was what. I mean, it, it was really, wow. I think the thing that, because you showed me the video of it. I remember, and we were, I think, sitting in the Yellow Jacket room. And you said, like, well, you need to see this video. Because mm-hmm. the, kind of, the, the topic of Elmira came up. And I said, well... Okay, so I've seen hockey fights, lots of them. It's like, okay, well, he's like, well, Garver says, turns to me and says, this one was special. <laughs> and, like, this one was not, like, your typical, like, this one was a different of a different breed. And I said, oh, okay. So he pulled it up, and we watched it. And I l- remember looking at it, and the thing that struck me was Nelly being right in the middle of it. Like, he was... But I mean, it's not like he was throwing haymakers, no, though. But I mean, he was in there. He was trying right. to separate this, right? Yeah. But and I mean, the fact that he was yelling at the top of his lungs, and he's in there, and he's trying to put. Well, he was yelling at the officials, right? Yeah. Because you've got three officials standing on the ice, and all of this is hand is going on outside the ice, and it's you're, you're sitting there wondering, is this going to spill into the crowd? What in the world is going to happen here? Because it, it was, was total bedlam. It, it, I mean, it was bedlam. Yeah, it, it, it was, was a lot of bedlam. a lot of people in a very confined space. And it could have been a pretty serious situation. It made it back to their locker room door. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the guys that was right up front was Ivan Prokix. He was in there. He was in there. Everybody was in yeah. there. I mean, well, yeah. When it comes to that point, it degenerates. Yeah. Everybody's involved in it. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's there's no way that's not. And I I don't know, Kenny, were you around for the big fight with Point? the Because that big one that was on the wall that's yeah, in 2005 yeah cuz that was the one that was that was throwback night in 2005 i don't think i was which cuz that one also probably looked... very grateful cuz that one that one, <laughs> that one stayed on the it. ice yeah well that one yeah that one didn't spill over but everybody was involved in it and i, I don't know i guess i'd have to see that if it I, don't, I can't remember. It, I was, it was throwback night. They were all, we were wearing orange jerseys. Yeah. And the picture of you in the press box, though, with your hands on your hips watching this thing go down was the part that got me. Oh, because man. I remember thinking, you know, at that point, of course, I hadn't made the move yet to you know, Duluth and Superior. But I saw the, 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 the photo because you can see Garver specifically standing there with his hands on his hips being like, what in the, this is what in the world is going on. Yeah, exactly. And, Nelly's on the ice yelling at the official said, you got to get a hold of this thing. And Stobbs is on the ice, like, directing traffic. Like, he's trying to get everybody away from it. But there's, like, 12, 13, 14 guys out there engaged. Like, some guys have half their jersey on. Some guys are on the ice. Some guys are, you know, are tangled up and upright. Some guys are yelling back and forth. I mean, you, you could just see. And I remember you telling me, like, you remember that fight quite well. Because, oh, I remember it very well. Yeah, because you were on the air doing it. But mm-hmm. it was. I, I had both of them. <laughs> I did both. I was on the air for the Elmira fight, too. Were you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I would love to go back and hear your game call, though, that Elmira fight. and Well, also the Stevens Point fight, for that matter. Thank I mean, God that, those don't exist. Well, the, <laughs> how that whole thing started was Kevin Pascal got checked from behind. Correct. And they gave the wrong guy the penalty. Correct. And the guy that did it laughed. Going by and, and, and lipped off to the bench. Yeah, went by the UWS bench yeah, and was laughing. And that, this that, was the Elmira fight? Yeah. yeah. And, okay. that, and that sparked something. And, and yeah. Yeah. And then, they went and kept going after that guy yep. or something. Or yep. It was sort of like the the Kerry Eads with Wisconsin thing where he <laughs> no. skated by the bench and they sprayed him and then <laughs> no, not at all. This was this was different. This was different. Yeah. This had a this, whole different. This was different because somebody got injured. 
Oh, okay. You know, he had to be taken off on a stretcher. Oh, yeah. Because he lost feeling in his legs. Okay, okay. So this this was I much more serious. I didn't know if got hurt yeah, on this that was play. much okay. more serious than that. But. There, was a, there was a kid from Elmira that got a, a skate yep. to the arm, too, yep. and got cut pretty bad. Yeah, and he had to go get stitched up. And I, I, I believe that's their, their men's coach now, oh, okay. if I remember right. But, yeah, that was... Well, and they, see, you, then you're you're inviting a bunch clearing incident when yeah. that when that kind of stuff happens, you know. Then it's going to get, but yeah, I mean the video, the part of the video that when you showed it to me that really stood out was the the hallway going back to the bench, going back to the locker rooms. That mm-hmm. was where it got because I'm used to seeing fights on ice. I mean that happens quite a bit, but it almost never spills out into an area now that is off the ice. Like right. it, it very rarely spills out well, into the hallway going to the locker room or any of that kind of stuff. Whereas close to the fans at Westman, because mm-hmm. like it's close enough so that people are going to be able to get over there. Right. Especially wasn't, the visitor's locker room. Wasn't you know? Don Happy's kid, he was the goal judge? He was the goal judge, and he got caught up in the fray there. Right because the that's where it started. Yeah, it, behind. it started behind there, and he got caught in the fray, yeah. and got he got nicked up a little bit too. You know, I think his... No, he wasn't wearing glasses, but he he got injured in that whole thing. Was that Paul? Yeah. Okay. He, he got injured in that, so it was it it was a serious thing. I mean, oh, a, yeah. a lot of people look back on it now and you smile a little bit, you know. But it it was a it was a serious deal. When you make it to ESPN for something like that, you yeah, know it's big. That was on the not so top ten or something uh, like that. Have you ever seen the police report on it? I have not. I got one. <laughs> I'll give it you to say, you. You <laughs> say that one too? Yeah. Well. Um, the trip wasn't there. Correct. And basically their story was the police report. Yeah. And that made UWS look really, really bad. Yeah. That and sounds so, like something the News Tribune would do. Somehow that's like, how, yeah. I, I don't know how I got it. I think maybe because our news reporter must have went to the police station and got a copy of it too. And I didn't go off any of that. Right. Um, I mean, because I was actually. You, well, you were on I site. witnessed it, so I saw it and just talked to coaches and. I think I actually talked to the Elmira coach too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Was that night two? Because yeah. it was two gamer, right? Yeah, that was the second night. Okay. Yeah, because they probably would have called off if it had been game one, right? They probably would have called off game two, maybe. No, I doubt it. You don't think so? I don't think so. Okay. No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think they would have. Okay. No, this would have been really tight. So, yeah, I yeah. think it would have been very tightly officiated. Okay, but I I don't think well, they would have called plenty that. of because like, I mean that was that was between the second and third period, and the, the third period was very uneventful. Okay, it was a very uneventful third period. Half so once everybody guys, got the adrenaline out of them, well, you know, yeah. I mean, it just half the guys were kicked out. There was a bunch <laughs> of guys that were disqualified after that one, um, some for multiple games, but I, I just the the third period was was very subdued. Okay, well that would make sense to me because you get the teams in the locker rooms and you yeah. said, look, this needs to stop. Yeah. No more. I don't want to see anything. Yeah, we play the game and we get out of here. Yeah, and that's basically what happened. Yeah, so that makes sense. But all that said, we'll put the the balls in the rearview mirror. You know, what what are some of your favorite moments that you were able to cover over the years from from our different teams here? Because you did get to see so much of it over your career. You know, I I did a lot of basketball games, Mm -hmm. and I covered Platteville every time Bo Ryan was up here, who eventually went to Coach Badgers, Mm -hmm. and. those were great teams he had at Platteville, oh, yeah, too. He, yeah, he, he gave me a, a tongue lashing one time because uh, he, 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 every game it would be the same thing the four years or whatever he was there. Then he got hired, moved on. But he would go to his locker room, talk to the players. I'd be standing there waiting for him, and he'd come by. And he goes, I'll be right back, and he'd go up and do his radio show. 
a radio interview, then come back down to me. And the one year, I swear they were beating UWS, it had to be like 42 to 2. It was really bad. Holy cow. It, it, well, I, I'll, I'm going to take that one back. But Boy. It was it was a big-time blowout, and I, I said to him, I go, is it tough to get your team up for a game that you know you're basically going to win? You're in the middle of three straight national championships, and uh, you come up here, and it, and I'm, you know, it's one of those games where 10 minutes in, you're saying, well, what am I even here covering this game for? <laughs> so I said, is it tough to get your team up for a game like this when you know it's really no competition or whatever? He started chewing me out. He goes, we got to drive up here eight hours. He goes, look at this, Jim. It's a field house. Look how far the walls are back from the basket. You, this is the hardest place to play. This is just a tough <laughs> gym, to, tough field house to play in. And he's just, you know, he had all the things to say to your team to keep them pumped up, to get them going, you know. And, right. he, and he goes, these guys are always up, primed for the upset and all that. And, and I'm going, oh, my God. I never asked, were you overconfident again or were you, <laughs> right. you know. Yeah, you know, never asked that question again. But yeah, Bo Ryan, he was really nice about it. But mm-hmm. he was he was serious. He goes, yeah, he goes, and then what Platteville to here? Eight hours, seven hours. It's, it's a track. about. Yeah. I would guess it's about the same like length of time from here to Whitewater. I think at the time, but there's might, it's it's there's no good way to get. There. No, yeah, yeah, and that's the problem. I think that back then they played someplace maybe Friday night, and this was a Saturday afternoon game, and and it was it was a bad it was really bad outcome on mm-hmm. it and stuff and you never know what's gonna happen look at the walls they're so far back and i guess i never realized that <laughs> well claire's gym if you ever see it, the, the walls right behind the basket it's like a matchbox yeah like yeah yeah zorn arena is if for people who don't know is very small yeah and, and it, it's one of the oldest buildings it might be the oldest in the wyack i think it probably is so yeah so that covering that and then uh kenny anderson was the coach at eau claire mm-hmm. yep and he was legendary, and he actually got hired to coach Central High School its last year in existence, like 64, I guess it would have been, with the hopes that when they formed the Spirit High School that he would get that job. He didn't get it. They gave it to Duluth, or, uh, the East High School coach. He had more seniority, of course, because sure. Anderson was only here for one year. So then he went to Eau Claire, and they won all kinds of national titles. And I was at the game when UWS beat him, and uh, which is very rare back then. And uh, he knew my dad and my uncle, so every time I ta- interviewed him prior to that, and you know he knew who I was and that. And and I went, can you get me the coach? And even after getting beat by UWS, he came out and he says, "Hi, how's your dad?" Blah blah blah. And he goes, and he gave me like a one sentence thing, and turned around and left. You know. <laughs> We got beat today, or I can't remember exactly what he said, but he did come out. And then uh, another classic was when we beat UMD over here, and I think they tore apart the locker room. <laughs> remember that? At I all? don't. That was before my time. I think they uh, they did some damage to the locker room after they got beat. But there was one game where it was just packed. There, people were sitting all along the baselines and all around. You didn't. I don't know if you had the bleachers. Out on the one side, they're not even there anymore. No, they, they, they removed them. Yeah. I don't know if they had them out, but people were still sitting because it was my, one of them ICO free games, I think. Okay. Maybe where ICO gave out all the yep. tickets. And there was a photographer from, from another newspaper on the ba- on the sideline down kind of level, even with the hoop. And the UMD guy had a – he made a basket or something. He was got the, or he was running fast break, went 
the momentum carried him out of bounds a little bit, and he tripped on the photographer, the little the girl. Oh boy! And oh, no. sprained his ankle pretty bad. Oh no! And uh, that so that I don't think that was the game that UWS beat him, but I remember that was another classic where their coach went nuts and and that girl didn't get out of the way. Oh geez! It's like a Dennis Rodman <laughs> situation at Target well, yeah. Center where he kicked, kicked that camera out for yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that you always worry about that, especially when you have people on the outside. Because I remember, Kenny, you'll remember this too. I think first time that the women hosted a playoff game here against River Falls, and I don't need probably ever. Um, that was the year that um, they went 18 and nine and ended up losing in the um, semifinals. Would have been f- no, would have been f- yeah, would have been 14, I think. Okay, and um, they ended up losing, like I said, to Whitewater, and I think they ended up 18. no, they they beat Whitewater, I believe. Well, in the regular season, yes, but the, the in the playoffs, we lost in the semifinals to them down there, I think, and then. Before that, because the next year was the year that um, that they beat Whitewater. Yeah, White. Well, so it would have been thirteen then, because in thirteen I think was the year. Because the one year they beat they they beat Whitewater and then they they went and, and lost to Oshkosh. Yeah, that was in fourteen, and then the okay, next year they won fifteen the Oshkosh. So it would have been here. thirteen because right. thirteen was the year that they really kind of came out. I'm glad we figured. They that broke out. out and we played at home against River Falls, and the place was just mental. Yeah, like the whole the whole gym was just packed. And I remember because you you came over and you sat down next to me because I was doing the radio broadcast. And I sat there, and I was kind of looking around, and here comes John Nowoski from the Trib, and he's sitting on my left. So now it's got <laughs> I've got John on my left, I'm in the middle, and here's Kenny on the end. And we're all like sardines over there because iFan was also on the end. So we had about six people sitting in space for about four. <laughs> and we were all like this. But the place was just It was electric. Crazy. Yeah, it was, it was really crazy that night because we also had those uh, – we brought in the bleachers from soccer, I think it was. On the end. The portables, yeah. yeah. And they were sitting on the end. And people kept – it's changing sides depending on which basket River Falls was shooting at. Yeah. So that was for me. That was the most electric I've ever seen the merch. I've never seen it more. Maybe maybe the Oshkosh title game. I, I in, think I wasn't there, but I think the semifinal game against Stevens Point that was a big in 2015 one. Twenty fifteen was probably that was a big one too. The peak yeah. of atmosphere during my time. Right. You know, but I I wasn't around in the well, and that was the Gleboff years where uh, I guess it was yeah. Killer Bees. Yeah. You know, talk about that a little bit. Oh gosh, uh, I was in high school about that time, seventy nine. I graduated seventy nine, so that was right in the middle of it all. And that place was packed. It was that led to them putting the bleachers up on the other side, right? Because there were so many people there all the time, and uh, you know they were just individual icons. That you know, Bubs Watson would wear glasses with no lenses in them, play the games. He'd have band aids all over. Willie Fry, uh, Willie Fly Reed could soar through the gym, and you know Dave Cochran was up Dr. here a Dunk. couple years ago. Yep, yeah, they were something else. And then they had the local Mike Stack was the guard who made the game tying shot in the state championship game. Yep, it's force overtime. Yep, that was in '74. And then, uh, yeah, it was it was fun. We were at a game when we were seniors in high school, and uh, the Teak is that the name of the fraternity? The old fraternity. TKE, I think. Yeah, it was. something like that. They were throwing out frisbees. Doing it was they were doing a rush party in that. Oh jeez. <laughs> so we got oh, so a bunch oh, of high man. school kids. We got these frisbees and they they had a party up in the old main, up in the wherever they it's gone now. But mm-hmm. uh, and free beer and all this stuff and we're let's go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we went up there and the first person we see in is uh, is uh, Mayor Hagen 
I'm going, oh, God, what is this thing going to be? You know, all the people wear suits and ties and I suppose all the Teak alumni and all that. And here we are just going up to try to get some free tap beer. <laughs> After us, so so yeah, uh, and it, so guys were coming up and trying to recruit us or whatever. And I had a cousin that was going to River Falls, and she was taking up agriculture or something like that. So they come and said, "What's your major?" And I said, "Agriculture." <laughs> they don't have agriculture, you know. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so that was uh, yeah, that was during the killer fl- or killer bee era. Yeah, and. uh yeah, they were. That was. I don't know how many people were they getting at those games, but it was packed. And Jerry Schnell mm-hmm. used to work at Keyport, and that I think beer distributor. He had the bee uniform yep. and dress up as the kill, original killer bee and running around. And mm-hmm. I feel like was, I should like look that up because I've heard so much about that group. Okay. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And you see the, you know, you see some photos from back then, and the gym is full. Yeah, the, the gym is absolutely full, and it was a, a team full of personalities. And I, oh, I want to I want to say it was seventy eight maybe when they finished third in the the WSUC and that's the highest finish we had right, in, yeah. in men's basketball. But it was uh, another starter. Uh, excuse me, was another starter group. on that team was a guy by the name of uh, um, Rob Risen. That was Andre Risen's older brother. Okay, he was on that team. Okay, and uh, Ivory Jones was another name. Mm-hmm. Al Wigfall, Catman. He came a couple years after that. Uh, it was it was it was unbelievable, and you know those guys did a lot with the youth too. They would go to cathedral all the time, or mm-hmm. they go to read to you know go to Blaine or whatever all the elementary schools, and and all the kids would be go nuts. There's Bubs, you know, and he'd have his glasses on and no no lenses in them. And, <laughs> but but they were yeah they that was that was a lot of fun. Jim Allen mm-hmm. is uh, the stepdad of the uh, I can't remember her name played Ellie. Just, Ellie, Leedstrom. Ellie Leedstrom, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was he was good friends. He was roommates, I think, at the time with Dave Cochran. That's how he got him up here and stuff. And, sure. You know, you can get into all the stories of away from the gym and away from all that stuff. But right. uh, that eventually led to UWS getting Stretch Gregory up here. Yep. You ever remember that name? Yeah, I sure do. He I've, heard, I've heard the name Stretch Gregory, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. played for the Badgers, and then he came up here, and that was afterwards. And then uh, he ended up getting kicked off because he got in a fight with – I don't want to say his name. I'll tell you afterwards who he got in a fight with, and then he got kicked off the team, and that was kind of the end of it all. Then, yeah, because he uh, Glebov took uh, went someplace else. And, yeah, because he he was having because he was only here for half a year, I think. Stretch, yeah. yeah, and he was having one of the most dominant years in the history of the conference. Yeah, like he was averaging, I want to say, he thirty two, thirty six points a game. Oh wow, and like eighteen rebounds. It was dominant. Yeah. Wasn't he – did he get caught – somebody got caught stealing The, the story or, was that, it, yeah, there was uh, – He was arrested at one point downtown for something. Yeah. And then there was a report that he stole some a clock radio from somebody yeah. in the dorms. And that, okay. and that was it, and they just – they sent him. Okay. Another classic player up here back then, too, uh, at the time he was Wisconsin's all-time, all-time leading scorer at high school level, was Mickey Crow. Mickey Crow. Mickey Crow. He was. Uh, he lasted for a year. Was he one maybe. season here? Um, if that, I think he was at the tail end of that too. He yeah, he was in with like guys. eighty or eighty-one, yeah. I think. Okay. And uh, he came up, and I remember when he was. They did. He was on ESPN in high school, scoring all his points for Saint Nazareth or whatever mm-hmm. their team was. Long hair, and 
the Eau Claire paper did a story on him. It's probably been about 10 years now. I think he's living in Eau Claire. Right? Yeah. Because there was a book that came out about yeah. him. Or did he write the book? He might have written did, a book. Yeah. But okay. yeah, there was a story that came out in the Eau Claire newspaper about him. Yeah, and his his history and his, everything, all the and, problems he had, yeah, and, stuff and his, like that, he, it was a, about mental illness and addiction oh, and things okay. like that. But this was, yeah, but okay. by by all accounts, a spectacular basketball player. Oh gosh, he was that was that was fun watching him too. But yeah, the killer bees were something else. And then you know the, the biggest thing that you know, I when I started women's basketball, I think Stuckel was the coach. Mm-hmm. Men's was Glenn Carlson. Yep, get up to hockey, and it was. Uh, Women's hockey wasn't here yet, but it was Steve Nelson. And if it wasn't for uh, UWS hockey, you know, I, I, trying to, I was trying to think all the frozen fours. I, I went out to Rochester. Uh, that was, was an old one. And I was at uh, um, Norwich. I know you're in Norwich in, in 99. And we lost in the championship game on that one. Yep. And then yep, uh, River Falls. One. I went to River Falls. Yep, that was in 96. I think I drove down to that one with John Hack. Okay. He was the SAID then, probably. Yep. Yeah, that was 96. That was my second year. And then there was two here at UWS. Yep, 94 and 90 or uh, 2000. I'm trying to think if there was one in the cities or something. I, I want to say when they went in, was they went 92 and that was on Plattsburgh. I think in 93. I didn't go to Plattsburgh. My brother Bernie went on the fan bus. Okay. And I think 93 we didn't go. We didn't make it that year. That was in the Twin Cities. 94 was here. 95 was in Middlebury because that was my first year. I did not go to that one. 96 was in River Falls. 97 was in Middlebury. So I went to, I went to those two. Uh, 98, or, we didn't go. That was that was back in Plattsburgh. 99 was in Norwich. Okay, that's yeah. 2000 was here. 01 was in Rochester. And 02, when we won, it was in Middlebury. Rochester was fun. That was a fun trip. That was a fun trip. That I was, was actually, we went with... Uh, Irv Mossberger, so the shrimp okay. and, the, and the telegram, right? And we, we drove down to the cities together, flew out together, and he rented a car out there. And, uh, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. But, yeah, so that got me to, you know, otherwise I would never have been to Vermont. Here's another story, too, about when they went and won it all in Middlebury. It was at Middlebury mm-hmm. where we won it all. Yep. I went down... The week before, I think two weeks before, I covered UW or Spartan hockey at state tournament. Huge blizzard down there, right? Mm-hmm. Come back the next week, and we had to go to St. Norbert. Yep. Semifinal or the in the quarters. Quarters. Yep. And there was a big, huge blizzard up here that Saturday morning. You probably guys probably left Friday, so you missed it. I wasn't. I was. Or you I wasn't even go. here at that okay. time. So I so. Big blizzard on Friday night, and so Saturday I go. Am I going to go? I don't. No, it was a, it was a Saturday. It was a Saturday Sunday, Sunday series. Sunday. Yeah. So I really didn't have to go to Saturday's game, but I said I'm going to go down anyway. I got a room and it's all paid for, blah, blah whatever. So you leave Superior, and it, the, it was snowing so hard. I'm getting down so far. I didn't know where I was. All of a sudden, I seen the airport in Solon Springs. That's how I knew where I was because oh, I man. seen the airport in Solon Springs. Wow. Then once you got to Chippewa That's... Falls, it stopped snowing. Sure. But then it was blowing. So going down Highway 29 over towards Wausau and then to Green Bay, it was all ice. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm coming over this hill, and there's cars parked all along the road for miles. And I'm going in there, and I had anti-locks on my brakes, and I'm skidding right through the whole thing. I can't stop. I'm just gliding the whole for at least a mile. And come up, and all of a sudden, there's starting to be more cars in the roadway. I 
coming up all of a sudden I'm almost stopped there's a semi there I go what the heck am I going to do I went into the left lane it was open semis must know how to space out their vehicles when they can so I came up I went around him and I'm sliding the whole way and I'm going around him and there's cars all over in the ditches finally I came up almost hitting a car and the car moved ahead about three inches and I stopped oh, oh man and I'm thinking this is it I go <laughs> So then went to the game Saturday night, and then that it was an unbelievable game Sunday too. Mm-hmm. We won. I got back to Spirit. I told Lubbers, I go, I'm done. <laughs> I, you know, two blizzards in a, you know two weeks in a row. I said I'm not going anywhere. So that's when he went out there, and then they won it all. Then they win it. They win it all. <laughs> but that 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 whole car scene, I'm going. This is crazy. I. That's funny that uh, like, that's what caused him to miss it. So then <laughs> yeah. Rick Lubbers has to go instead. Right. He got yeah, so to Rick go. goes and then <laughs> But then he also had to work his tail off too, right? Now he wrote about three columns. Or yeah, there was a that. lot of different yeah. stories that came out you know, it's, it's, when that happened. Because I've I've got the the pile of clippings from that year in, in the office and they he he yeah. he pushed a lot of content over that week. You know what though? When you're enjoying it though, and I can say this as a writer. It's not that hard. Yeah. Like when you've got that much the cool stuff. stuff flows pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Like it just comes, and Kenny can relate to that too. It just, when you're excited and it's cool and, you know, your team is on the verge of winning something big, you're just like, okay, content, content, content. It's really easy to find stuff, you know, to, to kind of talk about. Yeah. So the, the one thing with that is that's exactly true, but it's easier when you have a deadline, like say on a Friday night, you have to have yeah, that helps too. And then by midnight, then you're done. Yeah. Yep. Well, this was a Saturday, and we don't come out till Monday afternoon. So you're work thinking of this for two days, you know, and you're yep. going, "Oh God," you know. And then it, then it's not you change it or whatever. It, it's lot. Sometimes it's a lot better when you come out original how you thought of it instead of tweaking things or yep. whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like you don't sitting on it for two days. And, right. You don't overthink it. Then you just like kick it out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah I've got like two or three stories I got to write before publishing time, which is midnight. So I got to get it in or eleven or whatever it is, and then. So everything is just it's fresh, it's clean. It feels like this is like a real story, and then you just go out instead of being edited to death. You know, yeah, that's basically. So he he rode on a plane with some parents. Mm-hmm. I think he went out there with Eric Trout, okay. Trout, who's yep. a big fan and stuff, and that's his best you know good friend of his. Yep. So he had a place to stay and all that. So it worked out great. For they him named and, their their son Colin yeah. after Colin Kendall. Colin Kendall, yeah. That's There's a picture cool. of Colin holding Colin after yeah. the game. Yeah. I, I was I was listening at my kitchen counter, listening to the listening to it. Uh, so I was still paying attention, obviously. Cause, right. you know, I, I, I was in my living room in Grand Forks, North Dakota, screaming my head off <laughs> when he when they scored that winning goal. Is yeah. that when we, you were working for the? WCHA? I was working for the USHL or USHL. Yeah, yeah. I was in the USHL at that time, and that was that was my first year out there. So listening on the old dial-up connection, I was hoping it would work, and he scored that goal. I just started screaming, yeah. and my neighbors came over and knocked on the door. I'm like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm better than okay! And I was, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was such a moment for, obviously for the program, for the players, for Stobbs, right. but for alumni. Um, well, I for, wrote that column. You wrote that column, like, this championship is for, and I thought, for. I thought that really clocked it because yeah. – that caused problems too. It did. It oh. did because how can you mention this person and not not that person? I had a guy call but, me up. He played like two games, way back. Yeah, and he well, welcome. I wasn't in there because I I kind of did go name the obvious people, Oviet and the guys that been there forever. Yep. Um, 
Rusty. Rusty. Um, and then I got into some of the older superior players. Yep. Guys are from Buff Van Dam and Moss Fukushima and stuff like that. And, and then I look through and I go, oh, you're going to forget somebody. You're going to forget somebody. And then all of a sudden I get, start getting calls. Oh, I was on a team too. And I go, yep. I looked up. Oh, you played one game, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Munson liked it too. Munson loved that article. Yeah, it's just thought, something that I just threw together, like you said. Yep. When you're into the moment, you're into the whole thing. And But, I did, yeah, I thought I clocked it really well because it was it was such a big moment for so many people. Yeah. Right, yeah. You know, there's the picture of Oviat with the trophy on the bench after the game, and he's lived it and, you know, gone through the blizzards, you know, and, and all of that, just like sports writers do for – years and decades oh yeah to, to follow these teams around you know so it, it, it was it was a big moment and appropriate that on the day of the championship parade there was a blizzard in town too. oh yeah so. <laughs> yeah 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 they were uh so i've got the photos of the fans on tower avenue and then up catlin and the uh the team on the back of that flatbed truck with snow just pouring down right yeah <laughs> you know. yeah so that no so yeah uws hockey provided a lot of memories uh but and then I used to I did SID work at UWS one year. I think that was the first year they got women's soccer. Would that be right? Um, Melissa Nelmark was the coach. Maybe? No, women's soccer came in 1993. Oh, so that okay. You know, and then the men came I think in '98 because they added. Oh, so women's was here first. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then they added always... women's hockey, women's golf, and men's soccer in 1998. Because I remember. Uh, I'll take that back. I was doing that Joe Mooney's first year yes Joe Mooney's first year and then uh, he was the men's coach that's how I, I got to know Joe pretty good and then uh, Melissa Nelmark was mm-hmm. the women's coach and uh, I remember doing you know sure you're, I'm doing full-time telegram and I'm doing what I can with UWS and and after every soccer game win or lose they both called me up it could be Saturday night at 11 o'clock and and I remember when Joe Mooney called up when he got his first win he was all excited. I think he called me on a Sunday afternoon or something. Yep. And uh, he called up, and I go, okay, you know, which was it was which I told him to do, call me up. But <laughs> it was a you know pretty busy time for me covering yeah. trying to do that because I think I announced the radio, I announced the games at the old swamp. Yep. I announced the players, you know, whatever score. Oh, PA, yep. line, yeah. PA announcer, yeah. Yep. And then uh, uh, Marcus Wiegert was. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of the head guy, I think. Yep. And then Greg Polkowski was a graduate assistant, but yep. then he was helping us out. Yep. He loved when I was telling him all the Killer Bee stories. Yeah. He loved that. He still stuff. brings that up every now and yeah. then. He'll talk about the Killer Bees. You know, and he was, he was really excited when, when Dave Cochran came to a yeah. game a couple of years ago and, and, and got to meet him. So that, that was pretty cool. Dr. Dunk? What did Dr. I, Dunk. He was Dr. Dunk, Willie the Fly, yeah, Bubs Watson. Bubs. Um, the other two starters would have been Andre Risen and uh, or uh, Rob Risen and Mike Stack. Yep, incredible. And Mike Stack's <laughs> nickname was uh, oh boy, I can't remember what it is right now. But he had a nickname too. <laughs> they yeah, all w- did. W- when wasn't like you know that you wouldn't know with the yellow jacket. Just probably were with local guys. And right, stuff. but yeah, right. they they all did back then. Well, that's, well they had a. They were almost like a rock band. Yeah. Like Killer Bees, and then they all had their individual, like... Their persona? Yeah, their personas. <laughs> like their individual personas. I, I think we could sit here and talk about all this stuff all day, because we didn't even touch on on some of the things that in my mind I wanted to talk about. But uh, great segment, Kenny. I want to have you back for part two someday. Okay. 
Okay, we'll get into uh, when football quit, Oof. when they canceled football. I started actually the year after that, but I did a, a departing interview with uh, Pat Dolan, mm-hmm. who was the AD at the time. Right. That's a tough was, one. She was thrown into That would have been a difficult thing. one. That's a, yeah, that's. Cutting yeah. a sport is never a good thing. And no. It, yeah. And, well, and, and that was a stretch too, where in three consecutive years, you know, you you drop gymnastics, wrestling, and football. Yeah. And so it wasn't a... What's going to be left? It wasn't like, a good yeah. time. Yeah. You know, when all those went by the board. So that would be a... I'm sure it'd be a controversial episode, but we'll, we'll take it on. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> so I think, I think the next time, yeah, we can dip into football for sure. I think I got a lot of paperwork from that stuff, too. I imagine you do. That, I yeah. imagine you do. I got something from... Oh, well, we want to get up. But I got Ole Hogsrug, History of Football and Spirit. Mm-hmm. I got that, that, that he wrote... Oh, yeah, he wrote it. That would it's be like, interesting. It's like that, you know, about an inch thick, and uh, he published it someplace. That would be interesting. Sure. Very. He should cool. be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, he, he should be. He should be. Is he I not? Think, no, I don't. Is I thought he was. I thought he is was. He? I thought he was. Who are they? Who are they trying to? They, it's Bud Grant, Ernie Nevers. Oh, 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 in the Pro Football. Pro Football. Hall of Fame. Oh, I thought you meant ours. No, no, yeah, Pro okay. Football Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, that's an oversight on our part. Yeah, he helped uh, create the Vikings and all that stuff. Well, he owned the Duluth Eskimos, which was the first NFL team in Minnesota with Ernie Nevers and then was the original founder of the Vikings. Yeah, Yeah, he should be in there then. Yeah, I would imagine. you would think just for that. Right. You would imagine. But at at any rate, I I appreciate the stories. I I love hearing (laughs) some of the stuff that you got, and uh, I look forward to the next one. Thanks for stopping by, Kenny. Thanks for having me. We'll see you again soon. We'll take a time out, and we'll come back with more of the Eye of the Swarm right after this. Orkers Island Inn is now hiring, and there's a position just for you. Apply for front desk, housekeeper, bartender, server, cook, and dishwasher. We're hiring great people like you. Call or click for more information and apply today. We're back on Eye of the Swarm, and, uh, you know, you just you kind of said when we were during the break there, Matt, this is a long one. It, it is, and, it, you know, I, I, I was being completely sincere when I said to Kenny, I want part two at some point here because there's, there's things that we, we just didn't even come close to touching on. No. You know, yeah. with, with him, and, you know, I, 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 he's, he's such a valuable resource, you know, for me. Because he's just he's seen so much, right? Yeah. You well, know, and that's going back to the late 1970s as an employee, right, with the newspaper. But even prior to that, just as a, a kid, as a fan, as a youth, he's he's just seen so much over his right. time. Yeah. Well, I mean, and with a guy like Kenny who has had as much experience, 41 years with the Telegram, 23 of it in sports. There's just so much there. It's really hard to pack it into you know, an hour and 15, an hour 20, it's really hard to get all that into just one podcast. You know right. what I mean? Like you need to take more time and there needs to be almost like a series, <laughs> you know, like a part one, part two, maybe even a part three, depending on how deep you want to go. But well, he, he, he talked about, and I know it's a hot button subject for a lot of people, but he talked about football and we didn't, we didn't talk about football really at right. all yeah. in, in this one, but he, uh, he, oh, he was front and center as a reporter when, when the program was, was suspended and then ultimately canceled back in the early 1990s. And, you know, there's there's a lot of interesting stories about that. There is. There you know, is. So I'd, I'd be curious to just hear from his side how he viewed a, a lot of that that went on. But, you know, maybe that's something we touch on if we have him back. But 
there's there's a lot of stories in that there inside is. that man's head and you know yeah. his tape recorder that we didn't even uh, didn't even right. come yeah, close to tap in today. Yeah, we didn't tap into a lot of it. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, Kenny, uh, you know I've known him for many years. You've known him a lot longer than I have. Um, but yeah, he's been around. He's you know he's he's seen plenty. He's seen plenty. He's got all the memorabilia to to, to show for it too. So you no, know, but interesting too how he's he said you know he's been he's been out of the racket now for a year and a half. And COVID obviously played a role with some of that, but he hasn't been to a game. Yeah. And he says, I, I have no interest yeah. in, in going to a game right now. Well, and that's... And I thought that was interesting. I, well, you know, I think that that's one of those things, too. It's when you're immersed in it as much as Kenny is or like you are or me, when you get your downtime, you don't really want to go and do it. Because mm-hmm. um, I rarely, if I'm out socializing, I really bring up sports. People know I do it. People right. know I broadcast it, and I'll answer questions, and I'll have a conversation with you. But it's not the focal part of, you know, the focal point, I should say, of, like, my interaction with people. Like, I don't go out and just automatically jump right into sports. Right. You know, I mean, I'll I'll talk about it if people bring it up. But it's nice to get that kind of distance a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, from it so you can enjoy it a little bit more. Yep. And that's, I think, kind of where Kenny is. If, if you're around it as much, and for people who are in the business, they know it. And right. They understand it. Um. But for most people, it's not that way. So yeah. it is a little bit of a different thing. It's, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my, my I always use my mom as an example. It's amazing that she would bake when she'd come home because she was a, a baker by trade. So she would get up at four in the morning, right. go to work and bake. Right. And she would come home and she would still cook and bake and stuff. You know, she, she'd say, I, I don't want to eat any of it because right. I'm around it all the time. I don't want to eat any of it. But, right. you know, yeah. she still did it. But, it, it, yeah, it's that same that right. same thing. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's just the nature of that's just human nature I think yeah, when I you're think so. when you're kind of embedded in it I probably talk about sports like I say even with my family less now mm-hmm. than I have in probably ever yeah just because I've been doing it for a long time now and it just doesn't we don't talk about that stuff right you know usually the conversation revolves around what's going on with the family you know uh how my nephew is doing um you know social engagements coming up sure holidays all that kind of stuff right that's usually where it goes um, and usually my, my parents complaining about politics, which is, I guess, what you do when you get to a certain age. I don't know. Oh, please, no. Yeah, exactly. I don't but, me. I mean, the point is is that we don't talk right. about no, sports, exactly. really. It's just like my dad being a lawyer. We never talk about the law. Right. We never talk about cases or any of that kind of stuff. It, it, when you're immersed in it all day long, you just you need to take a step back. Yep. You know, Agreed. the way it is. Agreed. So Kenny hasn't gone to a game. Uh, he's not covering games, and we have some games coming up this week that he will not be covering. Yeah, here are some games that Kenny uh, Olson will not be covering. But we will, hopefully. <laughs> um, women's soccer continue, hopes to continue their role as they uh, hit the road with the men uh, for doubleheaders this weekend. Um, the women are at uh, Martin Luther on Friday. That's a 1 p.m. opening kick from New Ulm, Minnesota. They will then be on the road again on Saturday for game number two of the weekend, taking on Bethany Luther. And then on Tuesday, they'll be heading across the uh, across the bridge, take on St. Scholastica in the annual bridge battle. 3.30 p.m. across the way over at St. Field. Uh, so three games coming up for women's soccer. That game with Skings Glasgow will be an interesting one to see how that uh, plays out. Um, they've had some interesting matchups the last couple of years, so this mm-hmm. one will be interesting, I assume, as well. Right. But uh, that's what's coming up for women's soccer. Men's soccer, meanwhile, has two games this week. They will be playing St. Glasgow next Wednesday, but we won't include that in this necessarily uh, schedule coming up because we record on Wednesday, so that's the reason why it's not on this list. But on Friday, they'll be taking on Martin Luther for the second time this year at 3.30 p.m., so they'll be following the women. And then uh, on Saturday, same thing. This time, though, at Bethany Lutheran, 3.30 p.m., uh, opening kick for the men on both of those occasions. That game against Bethany is going to be a big one, too. 
because if the Yellow Jackets, I think if they win that one, they'll probably have the tiebreaker, would be my guess, in the conference standing. So The tiebreaker, obviously, number one is head-to-head. Right, um, yeah. Number two is goal differential between the two teams. So essentially for Joe to own the tiebreaker with Bethany Lutheran, they have to win by more than one. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see if that uh, we'll see if that plays out here. We'll have that next on our next podcast. Women's uh, volleyball, meanwhile, is home this week. They're taking on Bethany Lutheran on Friday. That's a game I'll have on ninety one point three. That's a seven p.m. opening serve against the Vikings. The Yellow Jackets looking to sweep Bethany Lutheran for the season. Six forty five. The pregame I'll be on ninety one point three FM. So if you have some time, check us out on Saturday. They'll be taking on Martin Luther, a really good Martin Luther team. One p.m at the Mertz, and then on Tuesday, they are also across the bridge. They'll be taking on St. Glasgow as well, so both uh, women's soccer and women's volleyball will be taking on St. Glasgow that day in the bridge battle. Uh, that'll be at 7 p.m., the opening serve from Rife Gym over in uh, Duluth, so if you have some a chance to go over and watch it, maybe you can do that. Uh, men's women's golf, as we know, they concluded their season, so no more on the docket for them, but men's and women's cross-country, who were idle last weekend, they are in action this weekend. They are at the Augustana Interregional Invitational, hosted by Augustana at Saki Golf Course, in Rock Island, Illinois, and the men's race will start everything off at 10.30 a.m., while the women will follow up at 11.45. So the cross-country teams uh, getting ready for the UMAC championships, I think the following week. Is that right? Is it after this week? It's the 30th. Okay, so it'll be... So they have a week off. Okay, so they have a week off. Okay. Yeah, he, but, he uh, staggers that schedule, so it's every other week. Every other week. So, yeah, they'll be... Uh, this will be their last official they'll race before yep. they actually go into the umax again the augustana interregional invitational at Saki golf course in rock island illinois so that's where they'll be on saturday and so that's the action that's uh, scheduled for this week for yellow jacket athletics busy week yeah it's a busy it week and it's, it's odd that there's not a lot of it at home but you know it's maybe it goes back to what you were talking about earlier matt that we we had a lot of it already earlier yeah in the fall, i mean so it's gonna it yeah, settles down a little bit here that's basically it yeah, yeah. i mean it, it all bounces out at the end mm-hmm. so so that's what's on the docket here, and uh, hopefully we can get back in these seats next week and talk a little bit more about uh, some wins. Hopefully. And hopefully women's soccer keeps on rolling and uh, the men get that tiebreaker over Bethany and volleyball oh. can kind of secure themselves in the in a playoff position. They're sitting in that four seed right now, and and uh, the top four make it. So Yep, you know, top four make it. So they're yeah. looking for a playoff spot. Yeah. And the women, like I said, on the soccer side, all on them first that game against Northwestern earlier was a game for first place. Yep. And they obviously uh, – you know, lived up to the billing. So uh, right now the women's soccer team is all on them first. The men are in second, and the women and volleyball team is in fourth. So yep. uh, a lot of playoff uh, positioning that come a up A lot here of jockeying for position yep. coming up over these next few weeks. It'll be a lot of fun to, to keep track of all that. So it's going to be exciting times, and uh, like I, I've said many times before, there's no better time to be Yellow Jacket than there is right now. Our engineer on this episode is Elliot Sweary. He's the Big Sound Matt Johnson. I am John Garver, and thank you for once again listening to Eye of the Swarm. Thank you.